Welcome to Deconversion Therapy. This is Karen, who is showing uh, a half a symptom of COVID. So it's going to put herself on oxygen any second. And that is... (laughs) This is Bonnie. (laughs) Oh, yeah. She's just normal. (laughs) She has Um, nothing wrong with her. Would never, ever say that. Uh, we are excited to be alive. Uh, this week has been shit. Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Godspeed. Uh, it's just crazy. Um, but we're glad we have everyone that's in the community on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. Go to Deconversion Therapy and find us. See where I was just called the Antichrist. That's right. Move over, Obama. There's a new unknown antichrist in town. Well, they say that they were probably among us. Well, and this person... The antichrist. Yes. Yeah. Um, And this person uh, scammed my article that I wrote. Um, (laughs) So... Yes. Because skimming is so tough. Oh, I thought she was going to say scanned. But, you know, it's hard to know. (laughs) Anywho. um, It's always a pleasure when somebody makes a grammatical error. It is. After they say something shitty. It is. I love it. Your, your, (laughs) your. (laughs) So, yeah, you can find us all those places. And we're just trying to get through the days. We were just talking to um, the podcaster, David Hooper, yesterday. He's really nice, isn't he? He's very nice, and he's well-spoken, and he doesn't use um at all. Oh, yeah, we don't uh, either. Mm. (laughs) So he was saying not only really nice things about us, he was talking to us in podcast lingo. We had no clue what he was saying. So we appreciate all of you out there who are listening to us, despite that we don't really have a plan in place. We haven't really thought through a lot, and we're not experts on anything. No, we haven't said in a while our disclaimer of, listen, we don't want to talk about anything super serious. There's a lot of shit going on in people's lives as far as they're deconverting. And I love that people have been so open about it on our Facebook group, which you can ask to join. Karen will let you in or not. Yep. Um, but we try to keep it light. Yeah. But we try to also be empathetic to the people who are having garbage go on when they interact with their families who don't want to let them, you know, stray from Christ. Yeah, yeah. So with all the stuff in the news lately, plus a lot of you being locked down in COVID with said family, (laughs) we are like, let, even though we're feeling um, the onslaught of the unfunniness, Let's try and hype ourselves up and at least offer people something that relaxes them in some way. Because anything I listen to now, whether I agree with it or don't agree with it, it's stuff that gets you upset because it's just the nature of when we're living. You know what I mean? If anyone's (laughs) discussing anything, it's, yeah, it's not... um, it's not that fun. 
at all. Yep. I mean, it's little things like when I park to go to the supermarket, I get sullen and I strap on my mask, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and I have a whole thing where the only thing I'm touching is my credit card and I have it out and then I spray it down after. And then I get into this funk afterwards when I get home. And it's just, uh, wow, way to make a normal thing that you do into a, you know, a physically depressing thing. That's what I just saw related to that on um, Twitter among me getting yelled at on there is mm-hmm. a an ad that Disney's done. Have you seen it? I hope I can find it. Uh, I think I retweeted it. Is it super earnest, like... We're happy to have you back. It It is showing all these people, and it's only like two people at a time in the frame, all beautiful mm-hmm. and fun, and everyone has a mask on. And they're just like, oh, enjoy the holidays down in Disney. And everyone's got a mask. I'm <laughs> like, it looks ridiculous. It They're trying to make a spin on something that just looks horrifying and sci-fi, but you know they have all these <laughs> happy masks that I'm sure cost thirty-five dollars once you open the gates, once you go through the gates. So tell tell the people what we're talking about in uh, this episode. Well, we're we're gonna uh, do our end of summer clearance sale of the end times. <laughs> this is probably going to be two episodes. And we thought everyone is just going through shit. I mean, everyone is feeling just worn, exhausted, and everything else. But I've seen quite a few people in our groups or um, Twitter, you know, community saying, okay, I thought I was fine deconverting out of Christianity, if that's Mm -hmm. what some have done, because we have Christians who listen to. Um, But with all these things going on with the epidemic and Trump and trying to turn this into a a church state, that they wonder if the Bible is true as far as in times like they're it's triggering people. It's triggering people's, you know, past trauma of being scared that the world was going to end any minute And I think I did talk with someone about, you know, all these, you know, lame new people who are scared this is the end times, never grew up like you and I, who felt that way every day. We were told Jesus is coming every day. Yeah, when I was doing research on this, I don't remember much about what's in Revelations and what the predictors are all about but i i found this movie that was from the 80s and it and in it there's a guy who was one of i think it was somebody who married one of the brady girls in the brady bunch sequels that okay. they would stick on the air every couple of years and um <laughs> i was like i know i've seen this movie i don't want to watch it again right 
But I know it would be one of those badly made movies. And, of course, the people who review it, this is the funny part. They're like, this movie was made in the 50s or 60s, but it still applies. <laughs> it's not Thief in the Night, is it? No, it was, like, I've got to look it up to be able to find out what it was. Um, but I would like to see it for its shitty production value. Yeah, yeah. Um, and honestly, I find this topic very tedious and found myself so distracted when I was doing research. I mean, eventually, like, I was Googling the lyrics of that song, Oh, Sheila. Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> because what's their good lyrics. for the goose is good for the gander. That's right. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the lyrics in there is like, oh, baby, it's one, two, three. I love you, baby, from A to C. And then. I think it's, it's A to Z. Well, I don't How know. How can that's very short love? That's a three-letter love. I think A could stand for ass, and C could stand for the see you next Tuesday. No boy, I don't know what kind. But the next <laughs> cheap alphabet is that? I love. Well, you maybe A I to got C. The- <laughs> this might. That's our new logo. Ass to see you next Tuesday. Um, but then the next lyric in that, in the Google lyrics that I found said, I want to dee-da, dee-da, lee, a dee-da, lee-da, loo. <laughs> yeah. Did this circle so back? They, I just like that they were in the studio and they're like, you know what? Here, these are going to be our lyrics. Dee-da, lee-da, loo. Yeah. Oh. Do it. Write it. Yeah. Put it down. Put it down. <laughs> Well, I guess that is how Revelation was written. So I see how what you said <laughs> pertains. Because it does not pertain. I'm just telling you how annoying I felt researching <laughs> any of this shit. Well, I think that's why pastors didn't spend a lot of time on Revelation. Like they'd they'd talk about Jesus returning every second, and we'd all be like, "Let me just get married before then." Um, I'll tell you why, because if you were going to die soon, why would you tithe? (laughs) Right. Very true. Or maybe they'd just give it all. No, that doesn't make sense. I don't know. Um, Oh, wait till you hear what happened when one guy said something. It's coming. I've got a story for you. There you go. Uh, Well, the whole idea of this being daunting is because... We all have to cherry pick because it's not just revelations, which is definitely someone's fever dream. It was <laughs> in the Old Testament. It was in some of the Gospels. Like there's so many verses here and there that, mm-hmm. you know, there there's really no real this is what it's going to be like. But we're picking out the most popular ones just for you Great. all. All right. You want me to go first or you? Sure, because I'm just going to tell you about this one guy. So tell me a couple things and then I'll tell you about this one guy's uh, horrible, horrible prediction making. Okay. Um, All right. So the one that we hear the most often and, you know, it's almost like we heard it more often when we were growing up, 
but it's the one that there'll be wars and rumors of wars and violence and lawlessness. And I remember growing Mm -hmm. up when we used to hate Russia rather than making out with them. And Mm -hmm. that was like, oh, that's one of the predictors because supposedly America and Russia are in the Bible, according to some loons somewhere. So this is what's going to be an end time (laughs) thing. But the whole idea that violence is an indicator of the end times, and we think Black Lives Matters protests and cops and all that, is that is ridiculous? Because if you think about Adam and Eve, who had Cain and Abel, and Cain killed Abel, or vice versa, don't care for God, That is most of the existing world wiping out the other right there. So why didn't Jesus return right there? Yeah, he wasn't there in the first place. But he didn't have to be. But there, there, I mean, just go through the wars that we had. Exactly. With, you know, uh, Vietnam, Korea, World War II, World War I, and just keep going back. And I'm sure that there were people... Like in World War One, especially, who believed in this and were yeah. traumatized all the time. Like here it is, this is the end of the world. Jesus is coming, you know. And I know it happens with every war, or even again the rumors of war that people are freaked out with all of it. And then violence. I mean, so I have a distant relative who I really like. And when I was a fervent Christian, he said to me, yeah, I don't, you know, I don't like Christianity because Christians started all the wars. And I, you know, that got my dander up, whatever dander (laughs) is. And I was just like, that's so unfair. We're peace and love. But historically... He was right. It's all about religion, and it was just so much with Christianity uh, that, yeah, if we were going to go on violence, then, again, you've got um, the Spanish Inquisition, and you've got just tons of, you know, everything. Where Jesus could have come back and the end of the world could have happened right then, but it didn't. If you think of this list of all the signs that we're about to talk about, yeah. it's pretty much just throwing everything out there. What else is on here that they haven't put up, put on this list? You know what they haven't put up on here? Cyber no. attack. If they put <laughs> cyber attack in the Bible, I would have been like, look, we, Good didn't, predictor. <laughs> we didn't know what that meant. For 1950 years, but now it makes sense. And how about the this old, is right? Yeah, and when we're talking about the Cold War, I mean, the whole idea that they had the nuclear bomb and that that could destroy everything and quickly, mm-hmm. and that people built bomb shelters. Have you have you seen those um, pictures from bomb shelters that have been untouched? For like 40 or 50 years. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so interesting. It's fascinating with all the weird foods. And I mean, we have Jim Baker trying to set that up again. 
because he's yep. selling his Armageddon buckets of goo, and he now <laughs> has a deal on it, and you can find the same stuff on Amazon. Go back to our episode on him. Um, let me let me yeah. just also say what is fascinating to me is the lengths people will go to in order to preserve their own lives with the bunkers and the buckets of food. But like, uh, you know, they see their neighbor get gunned down in a mass shooting and it's like, ah, yeah, 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 yeah. But won't happen to me. I've got the, you know, <laughs> I've got to take care of myself and with this bunker. So uh, how do they think that their life is so fucking precious. What makes them so <sighs> indispensable? I know. It's exceptionalism. The old, I'm special, but the rest Terminal of that uniqueness. is, and so is everyone else. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, these people aren't unique enough and interesting enough and exceptional enough to make a law so that we won't gun everybody down again. No, no. And that's <sighs> what I was going to say. One part that frustrates the hell out of me is the idea that some Christians are letting some of this go through because it supposedly ushers in the end times. So it's like, ah, oh, fuck it. There's going to be lawlessness because that's Jesus is just going to return. So you mean they're just they're just accepting it and they're like, OK, yeah. Exactly. That's, okay. you know, that's what's horrifying about all of it. Um, that we have the same goddamn people who have made their bunkers and are going to protect themselves. And they're, yeah. Now I'm mad. <laughs> but this is a hilarious podcast. If Jesus is coming back, don't you want to see him? Why would you stay in a bunker? He can just blow the top off of that and then you rise <laughs> through it. And then I you guess. get a new body and then you get a mansion. That's right. Mm -hmm. I forgot about that. Yep. So forget your savings. You don't need to buy a house. No, and we are at You're getting a mansion. Deconversion therapy, P.O. Box 494. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, the whole violence thing, all of that. I mean, just watch Gladiator. We've had it going on forever. So these aren't new. The whole wars, violence, lawlessness. And we had a lot of protests in the late 60s, early 70s, too. Yeah. In fact, a friend of mine who was alive during that time, because my kids are freaked out thinking, you know, they're not going to get to grow up and have kids and, you know, uh, climate change and all this that's happening. And... Um, our friends from the 60s were having lunch, and they just said, you know, we just want to assure you that we felt exactly like you did because it was the yeah. civil rights movement and all the violence in the streets and Tiananmen Square and um, Berkeley. And then you had um, the Vietnam War. You had nukes. You know, they all thought they were going to get mm -hmm. blown up and did no nuke rallies. So they felt this just as hard as we did. But like you said, they didn't have Facebook and all these things where they can scare the hell out of each other. Yeah, it's so instant now. It is. Um, all right, what else? 
Do you want me to go on with a few of mine or you want to tell yours? Um, if you want me to tell mine, it's going to be long, but that's fine. Yeah, go ahead and tell yours. Okay. So, Karen. Yes. If you scroll down two pages of the doc that we're both looking at. Back in 2011, I realized with doing my research Mm -hmm. that this is a good tie-in for an episode of 30 Rock where (laughs) Kenneth says, oh, Reverend whatever his name is, says that the world is going to end and he has a time and he's ready and he's prepared and he's saying his goodbyes to everybody. Right. And that episode took place in 2012 after 2011 yeah. saw um, I think the I remember this. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> of, of Harold Camping. So in 2011, uh, it says, after the failure of his last prediction, he said the world would end on May 21st, 2011. And when that didn't happen, he amended the date to October 21st. Right, right. I <laughs> He had done his math wrong. He said, I did the calculations wrong. Yep. <laughs> right. So why would we think you're doing it right this time? Um he conceded that uh, he had been wrong about the timing and had no evidence that the world would end soon. He offered an apology for his erroneous statements, which he called sinful, and hinted that his days of apocalyptic warnings were over. So scroll down to that next page and look at the picture. There's one of the billboards. Yeah, that's right. And it's, it's announcing. It says Judgment, Judgment Day. Day, May 21st. 2011, and it has, um, like, a silhouette clip art of a man squatting, either (laughs) pooping without a toilet or praying. We don't know. It says, the Bible guarantees it, and it says, cry mightily unto God. And it also says you can listen to FamilyRadio.com Monday through Friday, 530 to 7 p.m. Yeah, so, like, get their ads in while they can because the end of times are coming. And then in the forefront of that picture, there's a big guy, and his back has a tattoo of an automatic weapon. Right. That's just America. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know what's going on with all of that, but I'm just going to read you the article that was in the New York Times about this guy when he died. Okay. Harold Camping. I didn't know he died. (laughs) Well, we didn't know really much about it when he was here. Yeah. But Harold Camping, a Christian radio entrepreneur and biblical soothsayer who stirred consternation, ecstasy, complaints to the FCC, Federal Communications Commission, and widespread ridicule by repeatedly prophesying the end of the world twice in 2011 (laughs) – died on Sunday at his home in Alameda, California. He was 92. To a global following, probably in the millions, yes. Mr. Camping, yeah, was the personification of the family radio network broadcasting a non-denominational Christian ministry from Oakland, California, over scores of stations in the United States and 30 other countries. This is a huge business. It really is. And I don't know where he made his money before this, but, I mean, that 
you know, it's in the article, but I didn't, I didn't choose to read it because I thought it was boring. Yeah, but he, but he took this much. Was he the <laughs> he sausage took his money. king? I hope so. <laughs> Chicago. Yeah. Um, he did. He made his money, and then he put it. Hold on one second, if you want me to find out. No, that's up okay. To you. Uh. So he made piles of money, and then he put it into this radio network. And then they talked about when he died, what was on the balance sheets. And it was like, you know, almost less than – it was somewhere shy of, I think, $50 million in assets, $29 million in debts or something. Shit. But it was doing well. But, I mean, to be dealing in the millions like that, yeah, it's insane. It is. And so Just he the was volume. like Sean Foyt. Except <laughs> in a chair. Like, uh, they were like, how do we get the word out there? What's going to get the most attention? And, of course, during <laughs> during a pandemic, it would be traveling and gathering people because that's going to make the news. But this guy, I guess, made his own news. Yeah, so this listen to this. Um, so he had all of these radio stations that would broadcast the show for 50 years. He was the charismatic host of the network's open forum. Listen to this, a 90 minute weekday call-in program, 90 minutes a day (laughs) of inspirational commentary, discussions, and advice. Um, here, I'm going to put this in as we're speaking to the document. Are you going to play it for 90 minutes? Here is his picture. No, I'm going to show you his picture, his grizzled. I remember. Oh, man. He's, yeah, he, he's, he's long-faced and big-eared and melting. Vulcanese. <laughs> yeah, look to him. Uh, oh. Very beige, sort of early Dwight Schrute clothes. Like, a lot of plaid taupe, mm-hmm. gold beiges. Yes, yes. Oh, um, okay, so let's see. It also says he was a lifelong student of the Bible whose books rely on a vast assemblage of numbers. And with his affinity for numerology, he became preoccupied with what he regarded as the greatest calculation of them all, <laughs> the mystery of what the scriptures might reveal as the date of the apocalypse. <sighs> Except he got his math wrong. <laughs> right. Oh my God, can you imagine? <sighs> I'm terrified to tell somebody if a number is wrong so much so that I do my math like five times. Can you imagine calling the end of the world and going, oh, crap, I was off by about six months. Right, right. And um, what I Keep love, giving. <laughs> keep yeah. donating. Yeah, that's true. What I love so, is I was, I don't know if I told it already on here, but I was going through this big hotel once and there it was like a, a funky Christian convention. I don't know where places had booths and there was this big banner and I remember one of the main words was Zion but it said that they had used numerology to go into the Old Testament and this was all written on the banner because you know how the crazy (laughs) yeah the crazy Christian banners have just a million words on them so it right, was like all, we're going to stop and read it all. Exactly. So it was like a scroll across the ho- whole hotel, and it said that using, you know, numerology, they found the secret to where oil was, and they <laughs> were now accepting stockholders, you know, people to buy sure. in. And I'm like, oh, I want to look up those guys now. 
I should. Right. All the Beverly Hillbillies show up. <laughs> right. Truck. Oh my gosh. But you know what? I love that you said that about the Christian banners with just more stuff thrown on. Look at that billboard. Who, who, who drives by and can read all the shit on that billboard? Yeah. Without and crashing then they, and then. Yeah. Right. It's in 18 different fonts. And I just and then there's a little a little call out banner with zigzag around the perimeter of the circle that says the Bible confirms it or something like that oh or God. guarantees it. I can't even read it. It's so tiny in this picture. But when people do that um, in regular advertisements, I think the same thing. I'm like, what do you think? We're all gonna just go? Oh my God! They put more in. We better read everything. Mm-hmm. No, right. give me one good thing to latch on to. They just have <sighs> not invested in a good PR firm. The rest of Robert McFadden's article is interesting and sad and funny. All of those things wrapped into one. Um, it says that this guy, what's his name again? Camping. <laughs> Harold Camping. Yeah. Okay. Um, critics called him a con man, a lunatic, a heretic, and worse. But to his believers, he was a throwback to the biblical prophets, spreading the word of Christ's second coming of a judgment day and a rapture when the faithful would ascend into heaven and non-believers would be destroyed <laughs> in a five-month worldwide cataclysm of earthquakes, fires, and floods. Which makes me think, why is everybody worried about being underground with their buckets of food if they're going to just fly up with Jesus anyway. Yeah, well, there's um, the pre-tribulation believers and the post ones, and that's a whole headache. (laughs) I know. See? See how fascinating? We can do such really interesting (laughs) There's something for everybody to torture everybody. Yeah. Okay, so back to Harold. It says he was, in any case, a determined messenger. Starting in the 70s, he predicted the world's demise many times, (laughs) drawing scant attention. His first widely noted doomsday was May 21st, 1988. I wonder what the May 21st thing is then. (laughs) Yeah. January, February, April, May. That's five. Well, it's a derivative of, or it's a multiple of seven, and then there's that magic seven number and everything. Gotcha, gotcha, Yep, yep, yep. Um, He later published... (laughs) 1994 question mark a 500 page book setting a range of dates that september hopefully it's just like (laughs) one page said october and then next page man that's bad despite the derision of mainstream christian groups and scathing secular critics Mr. Camping, having conceded errors in his (laughs) earlier calculations, decided to try again in late 2008. The end, he said, would come on May 21st, 2011. The date was based on a complex formula involving the biblical flood survived by Noah in what Mr. Camping said was was 4,990 B.C., a 7,000-year clock that began ticking from that moment, and the subtraction of one year because of a difference in the Old Testament and New Testament calendars. Yeah. So 7,000 years, it's a seven times an even Mm -hmm. 1,000. Okay. That seems real complicated. (laughs) These don't seem like too He did that on his Casio watch. Right? (laughs) (laughs) They're spelling boobies. Upside down. 
Um, Mr. Camping, a thin man with a craggy face. This is like his obituary. It's, yeah. That's hilarious. Terrible. Yeah. Yep. And a resonant baritone radio voice relentlessly promoted the date and its fateful consequences for more than two years on his listener-supported network on 5,000 billboards. That's expensive. <laughs> I know. And in countless books and pamphlets translated into 75 languages. To pay for it all, he raised <laughs> tens of millions of dollars from listeners. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, the money you could take and buy 5,000 billboard ads with, you could feed so many people and do so much good. I know, but that isn't the end goal. No, that's not the end goal. Okay. As the day closed in, there was an avalanche of publicity. Newspaper and magazine articles, television forums, and nonstop chatter on the internet. It's called scuttlebutt. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the hullabaloo. Um, opinions ran from portentous credulity to merry mockery with lots of clownish commentary and anguished hand-wringing. Mr. Camping estimated that seven billion would die, hmm. and followers spoke of settling their affairs and spending their final days with loved ones. No one knows how many people rushed into marriages, scrambled to repent, yeah. ran up credit card debts, uh-huh. Through last parties, <laughs> quit their jobs, Shit. or gave away their possessions. Yeah. But the reaction was widespread and in some cases tragic, especially among people who feared being left behind to face an agonizing end. Okay. All right, so here's the sad part. With three days to go, a mother in Palmdale, California, stabbed her daughters, 11 no. and 14 years old. Yeah, and cut her own throat with a box cutter, oh the police said. Oh, my God. To avoid the calamity. Shit. All survived. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> a man in Taiwan, this one's better and worse. A man in Taiwan, fearing that recent earthquakes and tsunamis signaled imminent doom, leapt to his death from a building. That's awful. I know. Um I didn't mean that that was the good one. This next one, the irony is painful um and in antioch california a man who could not swim tried to reach god across a lake and drowned that's the police said fucked up i mean that's like <sighs> yeah you know some of those people might be delusional and this I know. feeds right into that disaster but because if you Wanted to leap to your death, maybe you could wait until something started. Right, right. You're like, this is uh, yeah. it anyway. So maybe- I am have anxiety. Let's just skip. And Yeah. Yeah. Um, so when nothing much happened on May 21st, legions of crestfallen believers professed astonishment and disappointment. Many called family radio to denounce Mr. Camping as a false prophet. What? <laughs> His Oakland station was vandalized, and there were threats against him, his family, and station personnel. Mr. Camping said he was flabbergasted (laughs) that his predictions had not materialized. What was going on? (laughs) And you know, can you just imagine? It's like, Doris, what time is it now? It's just (laughs) 7.05, Harold. And then right up until, okay, I don't know if this is actually true. But something uh-huh. makes me think that 
as it got close to midnight, because I remember that day. I mean, there were all these arguments. People would be like, the Bible says no one knows the time or place, so this guy can't know. But there was something about, okay, which midnight on which time zone? Uh, So I'm sure (laughs) when it didn't happen— on his, you know, California On one. East Coast time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, let's see. After a few days, he was in seclusion. Uh, after a few days in seclusion to figure out what had gone wrong, <laughs> <laughs> he announced new conclusions. Oh, good, good, good. Yes. Basically that God had quietly completed Judgment Day on May 21st. What? And closed, <laughs> yeah, and closed so, the books on heaven. So sneaky. I know, and said he had recalibrated the end of time's date for five months later on October 21st. The new prediction was delivered in low key without billboards or pamphlets. Mr. Camping said there was no need because the process of salvation was over. Okay, I like that he gets to decide. It's too late. Wow. Um, so the FCC received a lot of complaints from around the nation demanding uh, the family radio's broadcast licenses be revoked for having created a panic and deceived listeners into donating millions to perpetuate a falsehood. Um, wow. Let's see. Okay, so then it says weeks after the May 21st fiasco, Mr. Camping suffered a mild stroke and suspended his program. He returned in September but spoke no more of earthquakes and fiery doom. He told listeners, I really am beginning to think as I restudied these (laughs) matters that there's going to be no big display of any kind. (laughs) The end is going to come very, very quietly. Oh, my (laughs) fucking God. See? Yeah. Nobody Uh, called him the Antichrist. Now, let me tell you what's really going to (laughs) happen. The Karens so are all... Um, <laughs> the Karens are going to rise up. Oh, oh he, So, let's see. Five months later, uh, he apologized for getting it wrong and acknowledged <laughs> that he had no new evidence pointing to another date for the end of the world and no interest in considering another date. That's but he found just... a silver lining in the confusion. He said his incorrect and sinful statement allowed God to get the attention of a great many people who otherwise would not have paid attention. Isn't that always how it is? Always. There's always a scapegoat verse person incident that happens. Like, well, I'm glad that I cheated in front of my (laughs) whole congregation. That just showed them that the devil is real. (laughs) Right. Oh, here are the numbers. Um, they in the 2009 financial disclosure, uh, the network had a budget of 36 million. Wow. They got 18.3 million in listener contributions, Sheesh. 34 million in investments, 56 million in assets, and then 29 million in liabilities. I see. I'm like you are with uh, studying all this. When you say numbers, like I just. Uh-huh totally glazed because I don't understand numbers in the least. So I assume that's a lot. I assume it wasn't <laughs> When good. you've got the million involved. It's just... I think that's so a lot. One time, I remember we were going to 
um, this local hotel where we used to live to because you could eat there and meet people and all that. So we're there. Hang on. Of course you could meet people. but <laughs> Not that kind. What? Um, but we were just going, happened to be at the hotel, not staying there. But there was a traveling family in a van. And I had walked okay. either in front or in back of them. And they had a bumper sticker about that. And it was oh. after the event, and I really, oh. really wanted to say something because it was like Jesus is returning May twenty first, da 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 da, and it was like a month or two after that. And how'd that go? Well, I didn't ask, but I also wondered, like, what if, like, what could they be doing? Are they on a vacation to just? cleanse their palate, headed down to Disney to just forget about this? Or had they sold their house? And they're oh, like, stop. I don't know. They're living in their van. I know. Um, At the least, why wouldn't you just get some WD-40 and get the sticker off your bumper? Exactly. That's what I was Gosh. also like, yeah, wouldn't you just take that off? But... I just felt so bad once I started seeing the kids, you know, falling out the side of the door like the Duggars, and they all had their pillows. And, you know, I was like, I'm not going to say a thing. But, um, yeah, that's crazy. Maybe they bought it off the family. There you go. <laughs> the bumper sticker. There you go. That makes me feel better about them. Good. Okay. But I remember that so, clearly. Oh, well, I, as is as usual, I think I get a lot of my news from the sitcoms and the nightly television comedy shows of the day. <laughs> the late night talk shows. Yeah. Yep. Well, we'll end this with saying that goes, like we said, totally in with the verse that says, no one knows the time or place of Jesus's <laughs> return. And so it made me feel good when I was a kid. And if people are worried about it now, if just each one of us across the world thinks Jesus is returning on a certain day and we all cover one day, he'll never mm -hmm. return. <laughs> right. So I think we are going to put out a grid, a sign-up sheet under Sign Up Genius and everyone can take a day. Oh, yeah. That sounds good. Ah. Well, do we want to do a little ending here and then? Yeah, yeah. Okay. We're going to return with the end of the end times uh, <laughs> duo of podcasts to hopefully relieve your anxiety that the world is really in the end times right now. So stay tuned for next week when we get into... That's right, Bonnie. Pandemic. Yes. And don't worry. Things aren't ending. You've got a lot of shit to come. And that means our next episode. We'll see you then. <laughs> Bye. Huh?